0: bigger than anything else that you can see. You don't put them in a box anymore. You're saying, you're God. Do what you're going to do, right? I mean, be alive in my life. Be alive in my heart. Be alive in the people around me. Just As we sing this next song, just, just rest in the knowledge and the awesomeness of God. absolutely worthy of our praise. And He's, I said it before, He's not sitting idly by. He's at work. Even when you don't see it, He's at work. So will you join me as we sing, as we lift up the name of God, as we make Him famous, wherever we go?
1: Good morning. Uh, This is one of my favorite times of the year. I mean, it really is. You know, the county fair, it's here. I'm excited. We've been waiting for it. Uh, Football season's here. Look like the Cowboys are going to be about the same as always. (laughs) (laughs) But it's here. And it's also back to school. You look at all these baskets down here and your first thought is, you know, all the love that this congregation have for our teachers. Well, it's well-placed and it's well-deserved. You know, teachers are an important part for all of us. We all we all had them and we rely on them for our kids. <clears throat> you know... One thing one reason that we, we try to teach our kids, one reason that we were taught ourselves, there's there's some things you know come to mind. You know, we want our kids to be successful. We want our kids to be able to help others. We want our kids to be confident. We want them to be able to get through struggles, and we want them to be safe and protected. Now, how many of us as parents or as teachers, doesn't matter if it's pre-K, first grade, all the way up through college professors, how many of y'all have ever had a student turn in their work without asking for help? Yeah, and you look at it and you're like, son, what did you do? And they're frustrated because maybe they were too embarrassed to ask for help. Maybe they didn't understand. And the teacher is frustrated because all you had to do was ask. I would help you. It gets in a lot of messes that way. Jesus knew the same thing about us. I want to read to you from John chapter 14, verse 26. It says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. We are God's children. How many times... Has he looked down on us and seen the mess when we tried to do it ourselves without asking? Here's a question for all of us, and this stomped my toes too. When was the last time you asked the Holy Spirit for help? He is our teacher. He is our advocate. He is our helper. And he is always here for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we can come together to worship you, to praise you for your love, and to fall on our knees before you in thanks for this great sacrifice through Jesus' death that made us your children, that covered our sins, and brought us back to harmony with you. Fathers, we partake these elements. Help us to remember what it means to be your child. Help us to remember that you offer help through your spirit for us at all times. Draw us close to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Almighty God, we are praying for our educators. They have been created in your image. You have chosen them for this time, for these students, and in this season. Give them confidence in their craft. They've studied and they care about students. Help them to know they are needed, appreciated, and loved, that their work is not in vain, and they can make it through this with your grace. When it's hard to see the good in the day, may you give them a breath, laced with moments of laughter and lightheartedness. When they are sad and overwhelmed, may you whisper your strength into their spirit. When they feel unseen, may you remind them that no moment goes unnoticed. From the bus driver to the secretary, from the janitor to the coach, from the administrator to the speech pathologist to the reading instructor, from the classroom teacher to the online teacher, may all who are in education see you and shine you to their school. Bless them, Lord, and may they see even just a glimpse of how their faithfulness will forever impact generations to come. We pray to you through the name of our ultimate teacher, Jesus. Thank you. Of you have you ever been whitewater rafting? Oh, it's a blast! Whitewater rafting—it uh, has two really two views. It is either an adrenaline-pumping good time or a death wish, and there's really no in between. Uh, they they classify the rapids that you go through. They're classed one through five. Some say there's a class six, but. None of us are ever going to go on those. Class 1 is soft water, very little movement. That's basically floating, all right? That's nothing much. Class 3, which some of you all have probably done, are rapids with high, irregular waves. Class 5 are long, difficult rapids mixed with visions of death and being impaled on a rock, okay? That's, that's basically how it... And, and the hilarious part of the whole thing is you're doing this In in something that is 90% balloon and 10% hope. And it's usually led by some guy named Lance that says, dude, a lot. And dude, I'm going to die. All right. Um, Honestly, rafting is a blast. It It is so much fun. But you cannot do it from the sidelines. You can't. I can show video of you. I can put you put a GoPro on somebody's head, but you can only experience it until you you get in the boat. And sometimes when you're in that, you feel like you need a miracle to survive just to get out of this boat. You need a miracle to survive. Maybe the miracle that you need, though, isn't on the banks of the river. It's in the middle of. Of the river, We want to celebrate education today, our educators and our students, and I want to do a river story. So join me in Joshua chapter 3 if you're joining us online or on the radio. Welcome to Central Christian Church in Portales. Joshua chapter 3 is a little bit of a lengthy passage. Stick with me. I want you to hear this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so it may translate some of the measurements and times a little different, but uh, follow along with us as we read in, in Joshua chapter 3 three. Early the next morning Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never travelled this way before, they'll guide you. Stay about a half mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, "...purify yourselves." Some versions say, "...consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you." In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, "...lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river." And so they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, "...today I'll begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses." Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, Come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among us. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, Will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, uh, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarathan. And the water below that point followed, flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there till the whole nation nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. All right, let's go back up and unpack some of this stuff. In verse 3, it says, Joshua commanded the people to follow the ark. Do we remember this box? Okay. The ark of the covenant is something really precious to the Israelites. Does anybody remember what is in the ark of the covenant? Talk to me about what's in the ark. No, 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 no. The Ten Commandments... What else? Aaron's staff is in there. And what else? Manna. Manna. Now, manna is really interesting because in the Old Testament, if you left manna, if you took too much manna, what happened to it? Went bad. Got maggots. All right. But not in this place. There's a jar of manna in there. There is Aaron's staff and the Ten Commandments. But what it represented was the presence of God Almighty. In Exodus chapter 25, it tells us the, the dimensions. It tells us it's made of wood, that it is covered in gold. It's 45 inches long, it's 27 inches high, it's 27 inches wide. But I want you to notice something about the ark. It's very specific in Exodus 25 to explain that it puts rings on all four corners. You see the rings? And to make this post and these, these beams in there. Because the ark was meant to be carried The ark was meant to be portable. It was to take His presence with them wherever they went. Can I give you a metaphor for our life? You are designed to carry Him. You are designed to carry Him wherever you go, teachers. You have the opportunity to take Him into your classes. Now, I get it all about the separation of church and state and all that stuff, but we cannot keep God out we can take god in if you take him in in your presence you can take him to staff meetings you can take him to small groups you can take him into the locker room parents we have an obligation to take, carry him into our homes you need to hear this and hear this good it is not the church's job to teach your children about jesus that is the parents job we want to supplement that and we want to help that and we got a lot of programs But that is the parent's job, to teach them about Jesus, to live Jesus, and to carry His presence into our home. The people were to follow this box that is the presence of God. Friends, our children will follow if we truly bring them into the presence of God. We need to do that. And Joshua stands up on a stump and says, Consecrate yourselves because tomorrow God's going to do something amazing in, among you. Consecrate. You're not ordinary. You are to set yourself apart. You're something special. You're carrying the presence of God. It is solid gold. But here's something interesting. In verse 5, when, when Joshua says that, is he talking to the priests or is he talking to the people? He's talking to the people of Israel. Every Joe and Jane in the group, All there's four to five million of these people. And he's saying, all of you are to carry the presence of God. You are to be set apart. You're to be consecrated. Teachers, what does consecrated look like? Before you answer, think about this. Consecrated is a big Bible word that means set apart for a purpose. Another word you might hear is sanctify. It's a similar word, set apart for a purpose. Another word you might hear is ordain. Do you know that's not a Bible word? That's a man-made word ordination ordaining is usually in churches we ordain a preacher we get a youth minister we get everybody in here we lay hands on them, ordain them and set them apart for the purpose of of ministering teachers we want to as a church ordain you today set you apart to make a difference in your classes to make a difference in your rooms in your schools to carry him into the classrooms now We spend a lot of time every year getting prepped for classes. Everybody works hard on bulletin boards and name tags and and all of our lesson plans. Are we spiritually ready for a school year? Are we set apart? Do we have our mind set apart for Him spiritually ready because it's coming and it's here? Let me ask you another question. Do you perform at the level of your potential or the level of your preparation. I cannot believe I'm going to use a NASCAR illustration. But um, my sisters are all into NASCAR and I'm into making fun of them. So um, I go to the house when they're watching them and I talk about them turning left and they're still turning left. And, but there's something really interesting about NASCAR cars. Okay, Before a car ever hits the track, do you realize that there has been up to 250 people that have worked on that car? Up to 250 people have touched this car. From the design to the engine to the tires to the gauges on the inside to the guy that puts the 8 million stickers on the side of them, all right? There have been upwards of 250 people work on this car. Why? Because a, an owner that stands up here and says, our car has the potential to win is not as good as a driver that stands up here and says, we are prepared to win. You hear what I'm saying? We have done everything necessary. Now, I get that they have pit crews, and they're amazing, and they do tire changes, and they can do everything really, really fast, but they, they can't change an engine in one lap, so they have to be prepared. They have to have everything ready. They don't want anything going awry on a weak link. Teachers, we need to make sure you are prepared, not just in your room, but in your heart. Consecrate yourself. To go into the river. Now, you can expect trouble in the river. Did you notice that he said in verse 10, there's at least seven nations that are going to come up against you. I'm hoping the kids are getting some of my references. I was really proud of that. So, uh, as Some of the older people are going, I don't get what you're talking about, Don. I don't get it. It's okay. All right. You will know that the living God is among us. Now, you're going to run into challenges. You're going to get in the river and you're going to have struggles every single time. Teachers, amen? You're going to have struggles. You're going to have bad days. Just because you have a bad day, does that mean that God has abandoned you? No. You take Him with you 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 are my living hope you're not just a thing i sing about on sunday you are the thing i take with you into the classroom mountains shake before you demons run and flee at the mention of his name teachers you need to partner with other teachers do you realize, you see all this? we talked to several people going, oh, I knew we had a lot of teachers. I didn't know we had that many. We have over 45 teachers in this church family alone. And I guarantee you we missed some of you. And I apologize if we did. We did the best we could trying to call and you know, check and everything. But everything from Eastern to elementary to homeschool to everything in between. We have teachers that are all there. You need to partner with other teachers. I firmly believe in your building there are other Christ followers. And when you're having a bad day, you need to know those Christ followers so that you can go to that room and maybe it's just sing a song. Maybe it's just pray. Maybe it's just cry. But somebody stands with you. When trouble comes, He is the God of the mountain. He's the God of the valley. He is God in both places, teachers. Make sure that you are prepared because He is with us and among us. Now, it says that the Jordan was at flood stage. I love this detail that God throws in here. He means it is very powerful. We have looked at this story before, and, and I've shown images of what the, the Jordan River at flood stage looks like. It's almost a mile wide, and it is raging river. And, and I can imagine what it looked like to walk up to that. Teachers, I can imagine what it looks like to walk into your classroom. Sometimes it looks like a deluge of poverty. A deluge of ungodliness or anti-godness in our culture. Sometimes it looks like an out-of-control river of struggles. How do you change a river's direction? Do you stand on the side and throw rocks in it? No. You get in the river and you push it a different direction. Maybe that's with a dam or with big stones and and you direct it somewhere else. But you get in the river and you change it. It says as soon as their feet touched the water god god is the great one it wasn't their feet that stopped the water it was god he doesn't need you to be great he needs us to be obedient to take him into our classes because i think our god knows what he's doing can we trust that god really knows what he is doing Now, we talked about this last week. Can we really trust that God knows His stuff? That He sees the end before we even see the beginning. He sees how things are going to happen. Now, does He know how to handle conflict? Yeah. Does He know how to handle challenges? Yeah. We take Him in the river and we let Him change hearts. Can I just be blunt with my family for a minute? In the last couple of weeks, I have seen a river of hate in our own communities. A river of hateful words said about other people. And it hurts. Friends, I get that we're Americans and we can say our piece. That's totally fine. But to say it hatefully, that's not cool. And some people that claim to be Christians have yelled and screamed and called names of other Christians. Some school board members, some people, some administrators, some teachers. We want our way now. We want it, we want it, we want it. Can we believe that God knows what He's doing? Can we, can we trust that God knows more about the now than we do? then we need to trust and let Him finish His work. We talked last week, let Him mix the biscuits, all right? He can do this. He is bigger than us. Do I want you to state your opinions? Absolutely. We need to state them with love. We need to state them with encouragement. And we need to build up people and not tear them down. Because that is what we are called to do. I saw a quote this week from a guy named Craig Rochelle, He's a preacher in Oklahoma. He says, Don't let the start stop you. I thought it was a really great quote. Don't let the start stop you. Do you know what the hardest part of this story is? It is not that the Jordan is at flood stage. That is not the hardest part of this story. You know what the hardest part is? The first step towards the Jordan River. Because if I'm one of those guys carrying this ark... I know the stories about if you touch this ark and you don't handle it right, you get zapped and you're dead. And you want me to walk into that thing? Joshua, you've lost your mind, all right? I know you're the new boss, but we don't like you, all right? We don't trust what you're doing. I'm not doing that. Because I see all of the rage and I see all of the river. And it makes it easy to stand way back. Teachers, you may... You may see division, and you may see challenging kids. Don't let your eyes deceive you. Our God is bigger. Our God is more has a better understanding of these things. Don't give up on God. It says in verse 16, As soon as the priest's feet touched the river, the water stopped flowing upstream. Now, now hear me. I believe there's a couple of images, and I don't think... Scripture really defines either one. So I think both are possible, both are correct. There is one viewpoint that says, I'm the priest, I carry, I step into the water, right? And immediately there's this acrylic wall that just dams all the water up, right? And all that other water washes away and it's perfectly dry. And and that may be exactly how it happened, okay? But can I throw another possibility at you? What if, according to Scripture, it says when they touched the water, that the the water began to stop, was be, was built up at a place called, we called it Adam. In the Hebrew, it's actually called a dam. I think that's pretty funny, all right? Uh, and I'm not cursing in church, all right? There wasn't an inn at the end of it. I, I it, it was a place, and it was 20 miles upstream. But what if it... It was blocked 20 miles d- upstream. When I step in the water, what do I see different here if it's blocked up 20 miles down the road? You know what I think you see? Absolutely nothing different. Here's my point. What if I step in the water? What I trust you, God. I know you're going to take care of us. I'm stepping in the water because I'm trusting you and you're going to help me get through this. And absolutely nothing changes right then. You hearing me? Because God is working on something upstream. And He's letting some things go downstream. Will you trust Him when you don't see the action? Will you step into God? When you step into God, you'll see that other things wash away. Fears that you have about what are the next steps. Anxiety and frustration and anger can go downstream because I will make room for you. What a beautiful line. What a beautiful song. And I hope you sing that out. I'll make room for you. That line right there is epic, okay? But the next line after it is challenging. To do whatever you want to do. Will we do that? Will we let him move us? Teachers, will you surrender your class to him? Your attitude to him? Maybe it's another administrator. Maybe it's another teacher that could help you. But you'll say, no, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm the right one. You hearing me? Will I allow God to move in my room and in my skills and in my styles? Now the priest says they stood on dry ground. But they stood. Teachers, you're gonna you're gonna get tired. You're gonna have rough days. They stood on that dry ground in the middle of that thing. If there there are four to five million people and and this thing is about a mile wide, how long is it going to take them to get across that? I don't know. Maybe hours? Maybe days? I don't know. I don't have a clue what the transportation speed of five million people would be. But I know that thing's going to get heavy on my shoulders. They stood and they hung on to the presence of God. Teachers keep holding on to the presence of God, even if parents aren't helping. Even if a student doesn't appreciate it, you are the bearer of Christ, carrying His hope to them each day. You might be sitting there going, Don, I get it, and I appreciate all the gifts, and it's kind of motivational, but you don't understand. What is it, how am I supposed to do that in the middle of mandates and teachers' meetings and, and reports and lesson plans and lunch duty? How do I do that? I want you to watch a video clip that we're going to roll here in just a second. It's a commercial. I don't like typically showing commercials in church, but this one's pretty, pretty great because if a company can figure this out, I wonder if us Christ followers can figure this out. The good you bring to the table brings out the best in them i like watching you all and all the allergies that are acting up right now (laughs) isn't it funny that an oak company can figure that out what if what if you're the note that needs to be passed around what if you are the note that god has written to be in that school to empower some student What if you are the note that encourages another teacher? Did you notice what the priests did with the ark when they stepped in the water? It says, priests, step in the water, and while you're in there, preach a sermon. doesn't say that. You know what it did? They just held on to the presence of God. And the presence of God did the changing. It's the one that made the water stop. It's the one that made everybody go through on dry ground. The presence of God. Will you hold on to the presence of God in school? Teachers, administrators, bus drivers, secretaries, specialty teachers, coaches, lunchroom servers, school board members, and students. Students, we want you to be set apart too. Yes, we're celebrating teachers, but you students are important to us. We believe in you, and we are so thankful that you are a part of this church family. Friends, our teenagers and our young people are not the future of the church. They are the present of the church. They are valuable, from kid' zone, from the nursery, from amp to spectrum to every part. You are valuable. you are real. That's why we want you in part of these, so we can stand with you. This church supports you. Now, I'm not going to lie, it's very easy to get discouraged right now. Division and masks, Delta variant, we're sick of that term already. Racial challenges, fear. Most of you have probably seen this on social media but a story about an 87 year old man he was a veteran he'd lived through polio diphtheria vietnam and vietnam protests and woodstock but he he seemed to be enchanted with life he was visiting and a lady came up to him and said man the lady came up to him and said to him this is probably really challenging for you and your age isn't it he said oh no i learned a long time ago to to not see the world through printed headlines I see it through the people that surround me. So I write my own headlines. Maybe one day it says, Husband loves wife today. Maybe one day it says, Family drops everything to help grandma. And then he reaches over and he pats her on the hand and he says, Maybe today it says, Old man makes new friend. It's easy to get washed away in a river of hate, a river of negativity, a river of judgment. God says, trust me. So what I'm going to ask you to do for the next couple of minutes, I know we're getting close to being done. I'm going to ask you, if you're around a student or a teacher, and you are, believe me, you are. I'm going to ask you to gather around them. Maybe you want to hold hands with them. Maybe you want to put your hands on them. And if you want to stand up however you want to do this, I'm going to ask you to join with me and pray for our teachers and our students. So do that right now. Start moving. If you want to gather up around or if a particular te- teacher means a lot to you and, and you want to be with them, let's celebrate students and teachers. And this goes for our students as well. Junior, high, and high school, elementary, whatever age you are, we stand with you. And we're going to pray over you that God's presence would be on you, in you, and you would take Him wherever you go. Will you pray with me? God, we trust You and we glorify You. We thank You for these teachers. We ordain them and send them out as Your vessels to carry Your presence into this school. To wherever they are. Maybe it's homeschool. Maybe it's elementary. Maybe it's college. Maybe it's anywhere in between. Whatever role they serve, May they take your presence. For our students, Father, we stand with them. Help them to see their identity is in you and you alone. You're the one thing that matters. Not the trends and not how cool they are and not how they dress, but how great you are in their hearts. May they shine your light and may we be a church that stands with our teenagers, our children, our college students. Father, it's going to be a difficult year. It's already difficult. So we're praying Your presence on everybody that is involved with education, from the bus driver to the school board member and everywhere in between, that we will make room for You to do whatever You want to do, but that Portales will be changed because of what You are doing in our hearts. As a family, we come together, we lay hands on, we hold hands together Because of you, Father, you are the Savior. You are the blood that changes our life. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to audio from Central Christian Church in Petalas, New Mexico. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To connect with us, visit our website at centralwired.org.